0: The climax and, indeed, partial culmination of Ursula K. Le Guin's third Earthsea novel, The Farthest Shore, is taking place in the second-to-last chapter, chapter 12, The Dry Land, in this confrontation between Ged or Sparrowhawk and his companion Aaron or Labanin, depending on whether we're using their use or true names, and this mage, that's his use name, he he no longer remembers what his actual true name is, who has opened up a door that has caused the crisis and indeed catastrophe. And there's a very interesting reversal that is going to take place here in this chapter because Cobb confronts Ged and Labanin and says, ah, I'm the one who's beyond all of you. There's even a point where he tells them that, I'm the, the only one who truly is. You have no name, only I exist, right? And this is, in some respect, delusion and bravado and Ged cuts right through it. Prior to that, when sort of like a, a super villain revealing his, his terrible plan. Cobb tells them what was going on. He says, uh, Would you like to know how I did what I did? And he says, I rewove this these spells from the Pelnish lore and made a, a spell, the greatest spell that has ever been made, the greatest and the last. And in doing so, he dies and he says, Alone of all men in time, I am lord of the true lands. And the door I opened is not only here, but in the minds of the living.'" in the depths and unknown places of their being where we are all one in the darkness. This explains how all of these people, including Aaron, could have Cobb sort of, you know, gesturing to them, come along with me, how they could see him as this kingly figure. And he tells them, I opened a door that has been shut since the beginning of time, and now I come freely to this place and freely return to the world of the living. So he did something. He changed the very fabric of reality. He opened a door, perhaps created a door, right, between, what, the two realms, that of the living and the dead. And when Get asked him, well, where are you? He says, well, I'm in between, and by that, there's not a third realm, but he's able to go between the living and the dead. Now, this sounds really terrible, but also on Cobb's part, awesome. And then when Ged talks to him, Cobb admits what the real situation is. Ged tells him, I would give you life if I could, Cobb, but I can't, you're dead. And then Cobb says, you cannot give me death. No one can ever set me free. I open the door between the worlds and I cannot shut it. So this is an admission. He did something that was incredible, but on the other hand, he's not really the master, the Lord, the immortal one, that he pretends to be. Something is greater than him. Something is compelling him. He says, no one can shut it. It will never be shut again. It draws, it draws me. I must come back to it. I must go through it and come back here into the dust and cold and silence. It sucks at me and sucks at me. I cannot leave it. I cannot close it. So here he's admitting that what he opened up is not really subject to him. He is subject to it. So his grand as his power is, there's something else that has greater power than him. It compels, it determines, it necessitates him. But this is why it's a crisis and a catastrophe. I mean, Ged might be willing to intervene to help out somebody stuck in a situation like that, in particular, since Ged himself monkeyed around with life and death and opening up these sort of doors in the past himself, as he's admitted. But there's a catastrophe for Earthsea, and Cobb knows this. He says, It will suck all the light out of the world in the end. All the rivers will be like the dry river. There is no power anywhere that can close the door that I opened. Very strange was the mixture of despair and vindictiveness, terror and vanity in his words and his voice. So Cobb is now opening to get an air in the possibility that maybe they can get him to at least give them information, and that is what they try to do. They say, "You need to show us where this door is." And Ged says, "Though you chose despair, remember we have not done so. Take us there." And then Cobb says, "I will not." And Aaron says, "You will." And he says, "Who are you?" My name is Lebanon. Ged says, "You who call yourself king, do you not know who this is?" And then Cobb says, basically, "There's there's no point to this. He is dead. You are dead. You cannot go back. There's no way out. You are caught here." And then. Cobb takes off running and, and they follow him up the dry river. There's a interesting description here. They go upstream and Aaron came sword in hand and after him Ged. Soon Aaron had outdistanced his companion and the light was very faint, much interrupted by the boulders and turnings of the riverbed. But the sound of Cobb's going, the, sa- the sense of his presence ahead was guide enough. They come to a place, he says, the final narrowing in of the banks. And then he, he catches up to Cobb there. In the cliff, there was a black hole, the source of the dry river. And Cobb says, this is the place. Now notice what he, he does. Cobb seems to have forgotten his despair. Now he tells them, hey, uh, you want to join me? You can become part of this. He says, this is the place you seek. See it? There you can be reborn. All you need to do is follow me. You will live immortally. We shall be kings together. So notice what he's offering. You and me, Aaron, and maybe Ged, we can all rule over this. You can be with me. And it's as if he's forgotten exactly what he said, you know, just a few minutes before, which is, I'm not really in charge here. (laughs) And I don't have control over this. So this is not a great idea. And what ends up happening instead is Ged uses his power, uses up his power in order to close this up. So Ged, first Aaron says, let it be shut. He looked at the dry, dark springhead, the mouth of dust, the place where a dead soul crawling into earth and darkness was born again dead. Abominable it was to him, and he said in this harsh voice, struggling with deadly sickness, let it be shut. Ged says, it will be shut and light blazed up now from his hands and face as if he were a star fallen on earth in that endless night before him the dry spring the door yawned open it was wide and hollow but whether deep or shallow there was no telling there was nothing in it for the light to fall on for the eye to see it was void that was neither life nor death it was nothing it was a way that led nowhere ged raised up his hands and spoke with all the skill of his life's training and with all the strength of his fierce heart ged strove to shut that door to make the world whole Once more, And under his voice and the command of his shaping hands, the rocks drew together painfully, trying to be whole to meet. But at the same time, the light weakened and weakened, dying out from his hands and from his face, dying out from his youth staff, until only a little glimmer of it hung there by that faint light iron saw. The door was nearly closed, and he will indeed close it. He will say, Be thou made whole. With his staff, he draws lines of fire across the gate of rocks to figure the rune Agnen, the rune of ending, which closes roads and is drawn on coffin lids. And then there was no gap or void place among the boulders. The door was shut. Ged succeeds. In doing so, he exhausts all of his power, all of his magic, and is left with nothing. Although not completely with nothing because he will do one other thing. Prior to this, Cobb, seeing what's happening, attacks Ged. He tries to strangle him, Labanin. Cuts him across the neck with his sword. And there's actually, the, uh, I should read this description. This is, is quite good. aran raised up the sword of Cerida and brought the blade down straight and hard on the bowed neck between the matted hair. The living spirit has weight in the world of the dead and the shadow of his sword has an edge. The blade made a great wound, severing Cobb's spine. Black blood leapt out till lit by the sword's own light. But there is no good in killing a dead man and Cobb was dead years dead, the wound closed, swallowing its blood, the blind man stood up very tall, groping out with his long arms at Arryn, his faith writhing with rage and hatred as if he had just now perceived who his true enemy and rival was. So horrible to see was this recovery from a death blow, this inability to die, more horrible than any dying, that a rage of loathing swelled up in Aaron a berserk fury, and swinging the sword again he struck with it, a full terrible downward blow, Cob fell with skull split open and face masked with blood, yet Aaron was upon him at once to strike again before the wound could close, to strike until he killed. Ged then closes the thing, the doorway. And after that, Ged tells Cobb this. By the word that will not be spoken until time's end, I summon thee. By the word that was spoken at the making of things, I now release thee. Go free. And bending over the blind man, Ged whispered in his ear. Cobb stood up. He looked about him slowly with seeing eyes. He looked at Aaron and then at Ged. He spoke no word, but gazed at them with dark eyes. There was no anger in his face, no hate, no grief. Slowly he turned and went down the course of the dry river and soon was lost to sight. That is the end of the person who almost destroyed the world. He becomes one of the dead. Ged releases him into that. Now that this horrible damage that was done, the gap, the void, the doorway between the worlds has been closed by the sacrifice of all of Ged's power. And that is how the hole in existence ends up being closed it's not the end of the story but it's the end of the crisis special thanks to all of my patreon supporters for making this podcast possible you can find me on twitter at philosopher 70 on youtube at the gregory b sadler channel and on facebook on the gregory b sadler page once again to support my work go to patreon.com sadler above all Keep studying these great philosophical works.